Hey everybody, I'm Jim Sammons and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show live. As always, brought to you by all these great sponsors strolling across the bottom there. And uh, each of these episodes have been brought to you by Patrick Sabeels, a band of anglers. Uh, before we get going on the live show, I want to wish well to all of our friends that are freezing their butts off around the country, uh, particularly down in Texas. That's just nasty, the big fish dies I've seen and all that. I really feel bad for them. Um, I know it's uh, chilly here today. It was like 57, which is, I mean, absolutely freezing for San Diego. And uh, Patrick is doing just as bad because he's in Florida. Now he's really cold. So <laughs> I, I do feel bad and I hope you guys are all staying warm. And maybe you guys are sitting around doing nothing and have a chance to watch these things. So if you are new to this every Tuesday and Thursday, we air older episodes of the Kayak Fishing Show on Tuesdays are the Jackson Kayak Years. On Thursdays are the really old stuff, the ocean kayak years. So um, we air those. We usually will have a guest on, maybe somebody who was on the shoot with us. Uh, and we kind of share stories about the trip, answer any of your questions. And of course, we love getting questions. Uh, unfortunately, the, the episode we've got today was um, in Belize. And I had my good friend Jeff Herman with me. And he's just super busy. He's down there freezing his butt off in Texas. And he couldn't come on today, but he said he's going to come on for part two of that uh, Belize trip next Tuesday. So, again, I hope you can join us for that. So, um, for today's, like I said, you know, these Tuesday episodes have been brought to you by, where's my, there it is, a band of anglers, uh, bandofanglers.com. They've been brought to you by our good friend, Patrick Sabeel. And for the last few weeks, he's been kind of going over his different brands and we were having so much fun with it and it's so informative that we wanted to figure out a way that we could continue this so uh a we're going to be giving away uh five lures from patrick and i'll let him go through all that um at and you'll have a, a week to comment and share this this episode to be eligible to win and we'll announce that next week um but he's going to come on today we're going to give him a little extra time we're going to talk about the uh the beginnings before the, we air the episode, the Belize episode, we're going to talk about, you know, Patrick's idea behind a band of anglers, his thoughts behind the different brands, uh, give a kind of overview of the brands, maybe a look at the different products that he's going to be doing. And um, then we're going to get into a real breakdown every week of a particular lure. So uh, he will say the the up and down, whoops, whoop, the up and down rotogrub which I put a couple of dart spins on um, and he'll go over how he thinks you should fish that and in different situations. So going to really break it down by lure, which I think is going to be super informative. So uh, let's see, we've got a couple uh, comments on here already and wow. Let's see. Uh, Liam joining us from kayak fishing tales. And if you guys are on, if you are watching us on um, Facebook, we also air these on our YouTube channel, Kayak Fishing Tales. My phone is blowing up on me here. Uh, so on the YouTube channel, 
if you hit subscribe, you're more likely to get notified of when we come live. So I always encourage people to subscribe, whether you want to watch it over there or here, doesn't really matter. But if you subscribe over there, you're more likely to uh, be notified. Uh, Charlie Bond from Hawaii. Awesome, man. I, I haven't been to Hawaii in a few years and what a beautiful place. Gene Wilson, always joining us. I thank you so much. Hope you're doing well. Jenka Lee Jenka <laughs> from England. Awesome. Uh, my mother's from England. Zachariah from up in uh, Central California, Northern California that way. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. I do appreciate it. Daryl Jackson, Janos Weiss from rainy Florida. I don't know. Patrick looks like he's sitting in the sun. I don't know what part of Florida you're in. Uh, Daryl in DC. Anyway, there's a few more hellos there and I'll get back to them in a little bit. But with no further ado, uh, so we can get going on, on talking with Patrick. And actually, we kind of got a special thing is uh, his twins' birthdays are this week. So we're going to actually show a little video of them also. So, Patrick, how are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. And uh, my, my good friend, uh, Janos, which I've not seen for years, but we, we met fishing on the Denia Pier um, close to Hollywood, Florida, many years ago <laughs> for, for snook. Uh, I know he's a big, avid uh, kayak angler, so um, life is complicated at times and busy, but I really hope uh, to connect with him. So I guess he's still around, uh, you know, north of Miami or something like that. So I'm basically three or four hour drive away, which explains why I have some cloud, but still a good amount of blue sky. And uh, well, it's not that, that hot, not that cold, not that ready. And very, very sorry for all, all, of, the, all of the friends and people we know which are very badly hurt uh, right now by that cold, especially in Texas. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've seen some photos of the fish die-offs, and mm. I guess in that area, the, you know, the flat areas are so big, the fish don't have any real deep water to run to, and uh, yeah. Yeah, terrible. So hopefully you know, everything's... I, I moved in the state of Florida September 1st, 2010. I was used to come fishing since September of 1992, but literally September 1st, of 2010 is the very day I came back from two and a half months in Australia and I, I I flew directly to West Palm Beach and that was my my first day as starting my life as a resident and just a few months later there was a very bad cold and I think it was saying like that was the, the coldest winter in like 40 or 50 years something like that and indeed we have 10 days of freezing cold and I remember the Indian Lagoon well, I was used to fish for already, you know, 20 years or so. Seeing that covered with that snook. So snook were those that were the most impacted. There, there were Goliath grouper dead. Uh, there were some reds, a number of trout, but snook. Oh, that was crazy. You can see a snook every every five or ten yards, one snook dead. As far as you can see, I was, oh, what a terrible sight. Yeah, it is bad. And I know a lot of the, the people there, friends of mine anyway, are really encouraging people when they are allowed to start fishing again to really practice catch and release and, you know, try and give that fishery uh, a push in the right direction. Because, man, you know, it's, it's not like those places where they're ice fishing where those fish are used to that cold water. And like I said, when you're fishing in water this deep, those fish can't go down to that deep water that's not getting super, super cold. So, Anyway, like it, we're, we're wishing them all well. 
So Patrick, we are, we're starting this new thing. Uh, like I said, mm-hmm. I mentioned at the very beginning, we're going to talk a little bit about a band of anglers here to start things out. And then coming up, starting next week, we'll go over lure by lure, you know, mm-hmm. your techniques for fishing them, um, you know, how it was designed, all that. So, but yeah. today you wanted to talk a little bit about basically about the idea behind a band of anglers. Yes. That's why I was like, Let's use the, the opportunity for those of you uh, who are kind enough to, to join us, to share a little bit, you know, my past long already life as a designer. I've been, I'm 52 and busy, believe it or not, I've been a professional designer for the last 34 years. As I signed my first contract, literally when I was just before I was 18. So a long time, really. <laughs> many, many things uh, from, you know, rods, leaders, hooks, uh, well, lures <laughs> for a lot. And also what bring me to create a band of anglers. So well you see that on my head, but you see also the logo. That Whoops. You see also the logo right here. There and you go. what 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 you can see, guys, is on that logo, a band of anglers is not just any band of anglers, it's my band of anglers. It's myself, well, with a little bit less belly than I actually have, <laughs> and also my twins, my son Luke, my daughter Jade. That is why. The logo of a band of angler look like like this. There's the world behind because the world is all waters, and those stars that you see are part of the Florida flag. For those of you who know the Florida flag, this is why I wanted to give an homage to that state that I love so much, to the point that I, I make my life here and and my kids are going here. So that's why um, that's what's part of of that logo. So basically, I I came into the designing world. Um, almost by accident, and I'm not kidding. Um, I designed my first lure when I was about seven or eight years old. Um, I was fishing in Freshwater Lake in France, and there was that big tree in one lake, and I can see big yellow European perch that I cannot really catch with a lure. They were in the middle of the branches. I cannot put a live bait that will get tangled in the branch. And that's what gave me the idea, very simple idea, but I was, again, seven or eight years old. Um, take a a lead, you know, to, to cut it, to put a treble hook uh, with a piece of uh, copper wire to tie on that a little triangle that I cut from a, a map of gloves. You know, for those of you who remember when, when you didn't have a, a wash, a dishwater washer, uh, my mom was using those gloves to, to wash. Oh, right, right. <laughs> so a long time ago. And then little by little, I, and I, I got fish with that, which, you know, fu- fueled my passion because I succeeded catching fish with something I designed. And little by little, I did different type of thing. I learned to make my own hooks of following an article I read in a French magazine on how to do our own uh, hook. There's an Amber Alert that's going on right now. <laughs> I shut down the, the sound. but um, and, um, and that's how, by learning different things, I got very interested into that. So beside of winning tournament, on about 50 tournament, different species and technique from match fishing, surf casting, and stuff like that. Um, but really one of the things I was really interested in was a, a way to make my own rods and find ways. And there was one fish, especially, which is very fair, very finicky, uh, you know, that we have in European waters, salt waters, that's named the, the gilted sea bream. That's actually a, a cousin of the of the sheephead, the Atlantic sheephead, not what you call in California the sheephead, and um, but very very finicky. And I have an idea of 
putting a rod together using a blank from a carp rod that was really good for long distance cast and i cut the the tip I, and i put a fiberglass tip find an idea of a special way of putting guides together and this rod helped me really to catch a lot of uh, of, of that gilded rim, which is i mean it's super finicky not realizing that at all people will see you know i was 15 16 when i created that rod and i was fishing a lot from pier uh in southern france so other guys will see me catching really many more uh sea brim and and part of of my success definitely was linked to the rod and and people will start to inquire the the local um fishing retailers tackle stores and ask about that rod that that young guy have and the guys will say well he made the rod himself it's not for sale and when i visited my first show ever the only one i paid the entry fee <laughs> actually <laughs> um when i stopped by to cert which is one of the largest uh, western european companies the sales guy recognized me saw me a few times in store so he know i was the guy with that rod and and he took me by the arm and said come i want to introduce you to the ceo of the company and that's how I was met with uh, Francis Kutu, who then told me right away that he wanted to make and produce the rod for me, sell it, and then pay me a royalty for that. And when he says so, I just say, just naturally, without thinking twice, I say, well, but you know, I've made a dozen of different rods. I have some innovation that I made for myself to make them more efficient. Why don't we come with the whole range? And, and the last five or 10 seconds seems to be an eternity to me because he, it stopped speaking and i was like oh what did i say i was afraid i would break the opportunity i had which again i was not aware of i just came to the show for my first time as a crazy angler like many of, of us here are you know just thinking about fishing and i wanted to see for my myself a show and see the new tackle and everything and and again for those few seconds he didn't say a word and i was afraid that the opportunity coming to me was gone and then he hit the, the table and said bingo let's do it and basically the next week i was in the office signing my first contract i, I was not even 18. and um so yeah i designed a number of rods of i won so just to give a bit about you know little bit feedback about those times some of my rod won five times the world championship surf casting championship so i guess you know I was one of those cool things that was a big motivation but i was always big in the lures and in fact even if i work with that company and a few others um some of of them have some lures like for example i was the one who gave the green light for a european company to introduce usury uh in france italy and other few countries um when i was starting to tell them about the lure i didn't have right away uh their attention and and that's how at some point you know and on the side then i started to work with maps and mr twister so for those of you who know the you know the inline spinner so maps at the time was the the, the largest lure maker in the world um you know back in the we're talking the end of the 80s the early 90s stuff like that and um i was introduced to them and very quickly we started to collaborate and just a few years later i have a, a paid job with them and I designed a number of lures that actually are still selling today, like 26, 27 years later, they're still selling all around the world. So, so I have that kind of motivation. And at some point I felt the different companies I was working with 
were not giving me the opportunity I was really looking to really go deep into my creation. A number of times, uh, some of the idea I have and came with prototypes to, for example, the boss of maps, like the dart spin, actually, the, there's a dart spin. Well, I came with the idea and made the first prototypes, well, a long time ago. <laughs> and he was not interested. He was not into that. I remember also making my first prototype of lure with oil and glitters and red liquid and, and showing that, and that was pushed back. Um, and, and that's why at some point I decided to create my own company. Also on the side, I was guiding, you know, I, I was running three lodge in Africa. So I was a partner, I was running three lodge. You know, I started with one in Morocco, in the Southern Morocco, in the, in the part where the Sahara desert reached the Atlantic Ocean where catching white sea bass from the beach, 40 to 60 pound average from the beach. That was fantastic. Um, and then I, I became a partner in, in the lodge in Guinea-Bissau, who was actually the, at the time was the largest French lodge around the world. Uh, and we're catching all kinds of things. That's where I guided for the old tackle world record tarpon, which is still, you know, 286 pounds and nine ounces, which is still the world record to this date. We're catching gigantic, absolutely gigantic uh, tiger shark on uh, 16 foot boats. Wow. Stand up fighting them. I mean, all kinds, really a lot of things. And I was still working on the side, you know, developing my lure. So I was funny because some of the inline spinners or soft plastic I designed, I was field testing them in my waters in Africa. I was back to the office only once in a while, you know. But uh, there's, there were, I remember I developed a long cast that was the, was it the Aglia long cast that was first for the Nordic countries, you know, Sweden, Norway, Finland, uh, Denmark. Not so much Denmark because it's quite flat, but uh, Sweden, Norway, Finland, especially where there's a lot of fast running streams. So the distribution of maps there was looking to have an inline spinner that was much heavier to make long cast and to fish deeper than the regular inline spinner to reach the sea trout and the salmon more in the, you know in the bigger not small stream but you know much bigger uh, rivers. And I I work on the prototype and I finalize that lure fishing in water that were like 82 degree Fahrenheit <laughs> with you know with. Um, snappers and jacks and ladyfish and stuff like that but in fact believe it or not but in fact i was field testing them in the same condition because the tides there were of 15 feet average between low and high tide in six hours so at uh, the right smoking. Way, uh, i'm sorry i said that's smoking that is oh yeah that's I mean, moving. what we have here of course it's <laughs> now if you go in alaska that's that's that will be a, a small one but but in fact the lure was to swim the right way in the right condition. So when the tide was going out on some plateau with a, a little cape and a lot of rocks, that will create a lot of turbulence that were exactly exactly the same fishing condition as fishing a, a sea trout or a salmon in Sweden or in Norway. So I was actually able to do the right field test to make sure the balance, the shape of all the parts, the proportion between the size of the of the blade and the amount of weight and the shape of the way the silhouette of the the main uh, body is actually a silhouette of a bait fish with a, a fin and stuff like that so there was a lot of work around that that i was able to do but i was not fully satisfied and also it was at that point about 18 years that i was guiding uh living in remote countries so i know when when you jim when you live in san diego and you know a few times a year 
you jump in a plane and you go to a remote location for a week or two. That's beautiful. You shot a TV show. It's it fueled your passion. You know, uh, it's a bit of vacation on the same time. It have all those benefits. When right. you leave nine or ten months a year in a remote place where there's only one grocery store that's as big as my house right now. And <laughs> I can take one, I mean, good one, but nothing special. Um, and the next movie theater is three hours away by boat, you know, and, and the, the first decent hospital is three hours by plane to a next country. Well, after a while, I was like, ah, you know, and, and I felt I've done everything, you know, uh, because on my side, between fishing and guiding, I got so many records that I cooked myself, that I guided anglers for. I was feeling I've done everything I I feel I want and can do in the guiding world. You know, I guided in about 40 different countries. In many countries, I was going there for just like three weeks at a time, having one or two groups joining me. You know, I was making a, right. a deal with a, uh, with a lodge. I was get paid to, to bring my, my customer and most my guiding with were in my own lodge. But yeah, I was just like, ah, man, I, I don't feel I'm just going to keep doing that for the rest of my life. Right. And, and I was like my passion and my frustration a little bit of not seeing those companies I was working with going really deep when I was coming with a number of my, my creation. That's how I decided with my best friend. Constantin Pellissier to create Seville. So back in 2003, actually the year I guided for the Horticultural World Record Tarpon was also the year I decided to to just move to a next step in my life. Yeah. And my last year guiding was 2004. I guided for another maybe couple of months, and that was it. So then we have Seville, you know, and we have a tremendous success that was really crazy. The, the brand was growing big and fast. And then, of course, the 2009 uh, recession came and the bubble, you know, and heat. And that was a crazy situation for us because on one side, we're having so many orders, we cannot provide enough product. But on the other side, the bank suddenly with the bubble were not willing to help with helping us, you know, to order more right. goods and stuff like that. So it was a very complicated time. And at the same time, literally the same week, I got both Rapala and, and Pure Fishing who reached to me and say both of them wanted to hire me as a designer and were looking to have the CB brand joining their portfolio of brands. And after some discussion and um, and putting things on the, on the floor, not just looking at the financial, but also looking at the life's quality because uh, running your own still little company where we are about a dozen people, I think, at the time, but I was working all the time. I actually, I was engaged with a lady in Colorado and we split and a big piece of that was me be gone all the time. Um, right. I think in 2009, if I'm not wrong and I'm pretty accurate, I think I slept 306 nights in hotels in one year. Wow. So, <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, Patrick, I'm going to jump to a couple of uh, comments, sure. questions. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know there was... God, that now they scrolled by so fast. Uh, here was one by Black Flag Fishing, and he has a couple. Do you think the lure color matters as much as lure action? Uh, would a better color of a worse swimmer outperform the obvious, the opposite? 
<laughs> it's all about action. <laughs> yeah, so Mr. Black Flag. <laughs> I, I am definitely the, the person who believes the color doesn't, it's not, it doesn't matter at all, but it's the least important of the important uh, points. When you're able to find the type of lure, the type of action, the swimming depth, the size of the lure, you find typically what makes 80 to 90% of the bites. And, and I know I, I know well I've been in that situation of this kind of question in a number of seminars or show and people asking me that. And of course, there's a number of people who disagree. I will not say they are wrong and I'm right. I'm just saying what is my own experience. I find that the lure color is not that much important. Most of the time, if I find the right lure, I can take five different colors and have the same result. But sometimes, and that's why it's still important, and that's why in my personal box, I always have a range of color for every lure because, yeah, in some times, some moments, some colors do better. Now, I know a number of people will say, oh, yeah, I mean, in that lake or that water, this is the color. Well, I will not say a bad word, but I will certainly disagree. Because, <laughs> again, because I'm curious. I'm very curious, and I give my myself the chance to try things which are different. Not because I like to, to argue with other people. I, actually, I really don't like to argue. But I like to share point of view and experience. So it happened to me purposely on a number of times. I mean, I'm talking of dozens of times in my life, not two or three times, dozens of times, where someone will tell me, that he believes, he or she believes that in this water, at this moment, or this place, there will be one color above everything else. And because I, I'm almost cur always curious, is it possible? Is it right? Then I will say, okay, look in my box. I believe this is the lure I want to use because this or that. For this very lure, pick the color you believe have the least chance or possibly no chance at all to succeed. And I have Honestly speaking, in the vast majority of times, the guy himself picking the color he believed the least against him using the color he really believed deeply into, I was able, give or take, to tie the guy many, many times in my life. So that's why uh, the color, I don't believe in rules. Now, I believe when sometimes I see some reaction of the fish, I will give a, an exact example. Literally, a couple of months ago, I'm fishing on the lake in from where I live with, with my, my kids, and we're fishing, and I saw a few times a flash of a bass be, behind a small dart spin. We use a lot of small dart spin. That's a 24 feet deep lake. There's a lot of open water, tiny bait fish, so we catch a lot of bass, including big ones, on, on small prey, and the small dart spin is perfect. So I saw several times flashes behind my dart spin without coming to bite. So then I... I tried two or three colors to the point I find the smoke blue, suddenly bam, 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 was putting the fish on the hook. And after I got several fish, maybe four or five on purpose, I removed that color. I put another color still of the same lure. And again, I saw flash behind and they were not committing to bite. And I put back the smoke blue color and bam, 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 the bass were on the hook. So that happened. Why were they biting? A smoke blue color, I have no clue because the bait fish have the exact same color all year round. I just know in that situation I find the right lure and the color didn't matter. But another day, any color was working and another day, the color of the day might have been the 
chartreuse. So I try. I try. No, I, I agree. I mean, there are times when I've been out where it is definite. You have to be throwing red, you know, just for whatever reason that day you had to be throwing red. But for the most part, I'm, I'm not a color guy. I mean, you know, maybe dark versus light, but definitely uh, size and matching that. Sometimes, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, a lot of times I'll see, you know, where they say match the hatch. A lot of times I'm like, you know what? I want to go different than the hatch. And I was I was actually fly fishing in Montana and a huge mayfly hatch. And the, the, the water's covered in mayflies and the fish are slurping them up. But it's like, how are you going to differentiate your fly from all those mayflies? I threw a hopper out there and I outfished everybody, you know, by throwing something different than the hatch. I, I can speak nonstop for one or two hours about the hatch, the match point. Because again, I will go exactly as I just said for the color. Sometimes it does match. So I'm not, I'm not black and white. I'm not saying it's not true at all or it's always true. Sometimes, yes, sometimes match the hatch is, is the thing. But to my point of view, to my own experience, again, I'm not trying to say I'm right and everybody else who don't think the same as me is wrong. I'm just saying, honestly, my experience bring me to find match the hatch in the vast majority of cases is not what brings the result. And if, if I am in a place, say I'm fishing, and really that's a kind of example, really, I live many, many times. I love pike fishing, love pike fishing. Well, many times I will be in a place and I will see a lot of freshwater greenback, about four inch long, and definitely there are pike around. And if I were will to use a lure that mimics that, I'm not saying not getting bite, but eh. But then I will go with a seven or eight inch, so a much bigger bait, much bigger profile, and bam, 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 I will turn the bite after bite. And again, that's one of those examples that I'm not bringing to you guys because, oh, it happened to me once. No, it's a lifetime experience that have happened to me. And I was lucky enough, thanks to the job I had, the life I create for myself, to fish several thousand days in my life. You know, I was guiding literally, I think the year I guided the most was like 316 or 318 days a year. So I was really on the water almost every single day, literally. Um, and paying attention, that's one thing. I mean, that's what one of the big drive I have when I fish is to make my brain work. I love visuals. I love the feelings. You know, I love to work a bait. I love to find, feel a bite. I love to fight a fish. But somewhere in the back of my brain to make that, that machine, you know, boiling and trying to understand what's going on and how can I be one step in front to understand how I'm going to turn the bite on. You know, I love the day the bite is very good and easy. But somehow, I even love more the day that's not the case, where I have to fight. And then at one point, I find, bam, the solution. And then I turn bite on when a normal approach will not bite. Because I guess it's kind of an intellectual side of, of the fishing pleasure that, that, that fishing procures to, to myself. But about a color, I will just finish on that one that, to my point of view, says a lot. I, I was the designer for Meps and Mr. Twister for, man, a long time. I mean, like <laughs> 12 years or something like that. But I was very funny because at the time, there were much less color. When I started to wear with them, there were much less color. You know, you have the silver with red dot. You have the gold with black dot. You have the black with yellow dot. 
I mean, there was like six or seven colors. Okay, there were the all black, there were the copper. Well, that was very funny because I think it was in Lithuania. People will tell you, oh yeah, when you fish and you have a dark, a, a clear sky, you need to have the dark one. But in France, for the same fish, just a few hundred miles away, people will tell you the exact opposite. <laughs> so people were so much into the deep into the belief that was right. It will, they will never challenge it. So they will ne never try otherwise. And of course, they, they just get comforted in their idea that, oh, for that condition, that color works. Remember, the bait fish have the same color all the time. And remember, the number one the number one captor of most predators, not in the, on the earth, but in the water, are their lateral line. Their lateral line is that radar that feel the underwater waves of a bait fish or a lure swimming, and that's what turn them possibly, not always, but on to go biting. Their eyes is here, 99% just to finalize the bite, okay? So in the example I gave a bit earlier, I saw several times bass coming behind my dart spin and making a flash and going away. So they were attracted by the vibration. And when they were about to bite, for some reason, the color I had at that moment was not the, the, the last element needed to turn the bite on. And finding the right color in that case, which happened to me also a number of times, then was important. But most of the time, they feel that they go and they bite this thing that they believe is a prey. And the color have close to no importance. I really believe in probably about maybe 90% of the time. Again, that's my belief. You, I respect other people if they think otherwise. I'm just speaking of what have happened to me. And many times I tried something different and I succeed. I agree. I to totally agree. And uh, some of the comments here do as well. And thank you for those answers. Um, somebody asked... Uh, oh, where was it? Uh, oh, uh, what a Blinda Binda? <laughs> Blinda Binda one, two, three. Uh, Patrick Sabino yeah. should make a lure that mimics an eel so uh -huh. I can get some fatty striper with it. Yeah, I have a number of lure under development, but I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, many of us, I think, have been uh, badly hurt by, by this pandemic, and I have to scale down my company. We're we're in tough times. We're really in tough time. We're still just a young, three years old company. And there was a number of lures I was planning to launch those coming couple of years that I will probably postpone for at least two to three years. And definitely a, a lure, um, a hill-like lure, was definitely one of the things in the work. Now I have a sand hill, which is still a slender type of bait, but it's only a seven inch. So I don't know if you tried uh, my, my sand hill. You're, of course, very welcome. You will see Thanks to soft tough material, I used that 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 paddle tail sandy have a lot of kicking and also have a lot of roll. And there's a cut on the back that allow when you hook the fish that the fish can kind of spit out most of the soft plastic. So you really use 100% of the the hook gap to hook them pre properly, and you can fish it pretty close to the bottom. But that's not a true eel to answer your 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 question. So sorry, Linda, you're <laughs> Well, the curly min as well uh, have a similar type of action. I know you had one of those there, and I've I've caught quite a few fish on that sand. Um, curly min uh, does quite well. So, um, I mean, we've kind of really 
gone off the deep end here. <laughs> uh, I, I want to make sure that we we show the lures uh, that you said you cool. wanted to give away. Um, so let me throw up this banner one more time. So if you guys will please comment, share on this, you know, and this will last for until our next airing, and then I will draw a uh, and announce it next week. Yeah. Uh, you'll have a chance to win five lures from Patrick Seville, Band of Anglers. So. So let me give you. A I'm going to give you the full screen here, Patrick, so you can show them a little better. better. So a quick thing. So basically, after I joined, you know, Sibyl and myself joined Pure Fishing, and seven years with Pure Fishing, uh, there was a change of ownership, and suddenly, well, like many other people, we have to look for a new path. And really, at that moment, that is where the the idea of a band of anglers, with at the very core of it, well, my little family with my my twins, uh, boy and, and girl. Um, came to mind, to mind, because when I was lucky enough that several companies reached me, um, proposed me to to work with them, and I was really appreciative of that. But I was thinking maybe that's the, the right time to do my last shot as my my very own company and uh, adventure, because that's really an adventure. You know, I, I love adventure. Fishing is part of an adventure, to my point of view. Um, I prefer to live an adventure than to read one in a book or to see one on TV, which I still do like, but. Uh, creating a company is an adventure, and when you go through something like the COVID, that's wow, that's part of those um, those cliff situation where uh, where you feel like, well, I like the adventure, but maybe I don't like that so much. But let's look forward and, and move forward. And when I put together that band of Angler, I was like, I'm going to put all my knowledge, all all the thing I do with with a vision of of the future. And basically, this very week, Friday exactly. February 19th um, is the fifth birthday of my twins. And uh, well, I, I guess many of you are parents and you know what it means when you think about your kids and you know you love them to death. They are the most precious thing, the best motivation. Um, and you, you must be a rock for them, you know, that they can rely on despite uh, anything going on, which is very, very tough. And uh, I really think about all the many people who have been very badly hurt by the COVID. Um, we are hurt. Uh, I am hurt with my company, definitely. But there are some people who are always in a worse situation. I, and I sincerely have a thing for thinking for all of these people and some of you who are probably very badly hurt by, by the COVID. But hopefully, we're moving forward. And when I put that together, I was like, well, I'd like to have a range of different baits because I really can do a number of things. And it's better to have different brands. And that's why today, because my kids are turning five, I'm gonna give five lures. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna to try to go a bit quickly to show you those five lures. Oh yeah, look. So that's, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Jim. So that's a very pre precious little video. It's in French, but I'm sure even if you don't speak French, you understand the excitement. And my kids speak perfectly English, by the way. <laughs> look, that's the first time ever that with my, my twins we got Three fish together at the same time. <laughs> and I hooked one, my son hooked one, my daughter hooked one, and we landed those three bass, you know, no giant, whatever. But um, that very moment, uh, my twins and I got the first triplets. <laughs> They're so excited. Oh, they are. They are. Oh, yeah, just to see that always. Amazing. 
You see we have that little plastic boat on the lake and they are just a trolling motor and just go there and look, my, my, my kids uh, have been using the dart spin, they have a three and a half dart spin and have a three and a half dart spin. By the way, I just texted uh, Jim, I think, was it two days ago? I went quickly on the lake, quick tour with the kids, and we got a few bars, but my son, my son got a, like a 21 inch or something like that. So again, oh, That's right, that's right, when you called me, he had a nice fish. <laughs> So, it's great that it's great that they like it. Yes, that's that's definitely a big thing. That makes my heart beat with uh, so much proud and so much happiness. Definitely. <laughs> that's why the five lures. Uh, so one of you will be winning this week. So one is that one. That guy is the dart spin. Uh, I'm sure you've seen that already. I'm not going to spend too much time. That's a duo pack. You have two bodies. Or those are the pro, which means they are painted. I hope you can see that properly enough. So you can put a jig head, a white gap hook, whatever you want. But that's what uh, my kids and I are using the most. Again, we have a lot of open water bass feeding on small open water uh, prey. And as I mentioned a bit earlier, the, the turbulence are what a predator feels in its uh, lateral line. Um, and that's why uh, the lure with a blade are actually very good at catching pretty large fish also because the turbulence makes feel like the prey is much bigger than it is. So this guy here is a three and a half inch. That means the body, soft body plus the blade. But uh, for predator, when this thing swim, it mimics more something that's probably two or three times that length. So that's been two and a half is part of that. Still in the hyperelastic brand. The lure that for about a year and a half maybe now, I've been catching most of my five pound and more bass. I'm not kidding you guys, that's the curly min. And I put the float, the top water one. So there's two bodies, there's a white gap hook, and there's a ring in the nose of that hook. So that gives a maximum freedom. You just can use it like a frog, swim it on the top, makes a wake on the top. You can also put a bullet weight in front of it and fish it like Texas or Carolina rig. Fantastic bait for bass and many other species. Really favorite of mine for very good reasons. Now we see those very recently, the Rotoshad. So I'm going to give you one of the Rotoshad, specially made for up and down, which is the brand, but which means for vertical fishing. But also you can cast, retrieve, you can cast, twitch it, jig it on the retrieve. You can do a lot of things. So it's great when you have predator fish targeting small prey. The next one is a Spooltech Fatty 5-inch a bass special that have a, a, ba a braid leader. So it's real great bait when you hook a bass, especially a good one, and the fish jump and shake the head, you are very little likely to lose the fish because there's a concealed leader in the body. So the lure will go away like six or eight inch away from the hook. So that will remove all the leverage. That's why you lose less fish. It's a very, very good bait. And that's a fantastic patent invented by Chris Walsh. Uh, here in, in Florida. Very, very good thing that will be part. And the fifth lure to win is one of my ocean born. That's also one of my favorite. That's the white back minnow. That's my big six inch long minnow with that very unique uh, bill. As you can see, that have a double anchorage into the nose. So it, it's pretty old very well. And uh, it creates very little resistance. That's why you can reel that bait as slow as you want to reel it. You can reel it fast. You can jig it, uh, jerk it, uh, twitch it, you can burn it. You can even throw it all the way to 23 knots. I don't know if any of you, when you go in your kayak, 
can reach 23 <laughs> knots. I don't think so. But that's a great bait, whether you want to cast it or troll it. So those are the five baits to win this week. So uh, I'll be very pleased to send that to a winner. Awesome. And we will, at the end of the week, I will do a random drawing. But you have the whole week to watch this. You know, I know that a lot of people don't watch these things live. You watch them later. So just comment, share, and then you'll have that opportunity to win. And uh, so, again, this was kind of an introduction. Uh, beginning next week, Patrick will come on. Uh, probably for a little shorter time. <laughs> and But we'll be giving information on lure specifics. So, you know, again, you know, whether it's the the Roto Shad, and he'll, we'll talk about, you know, what was the thought process behind that particular lure, how he thinks you should fish it or recommends fishing it or how he designed it to fish or all that kind of stuff. So, Again, you can see all of the stuff, and I've tossed it up there. If you, oh, it's still up there at abandofanglers.com. And please, we are very pleased to have your business. We help that you love uh, the bait I create and we distribute. We're still a very small company, tough times. So, any order count and help us out very much. We're very appreciative, myself, the family, and all the band of that. So, thank you very much. And thank you, Jim, as always. Can't wait now to see. To watch that uh, that show you're gonna bring us about bellies fishing yep thank you patrick i appreciate thank it you. i'm gonna drop you down so yeah so you see that airplane flying over my head and i'm fishing right underneath it somewhere there we go um <clears throat> we were at belize river lodge awesome place i think one of the coolest things about the belize river lodge it's just got a super cool old lodge vibe you know it's not some new place you know it's not all glitzy it's just, it's just got a real authentic feel um it's a lot of fly fishing there um although i don't recall doing any fly fishing on this trip i actually went back there again and shot another episode where we did strictly fly fishing um i brought my wife there because we loved it so much it's just a super cool place you know you, you sit down and eat together family style the food was amazing uh the people were so incredibly friendly the guides were awesome um i know on this trip as as tends to happen to me uh, we had some pretty nasty weather uh, and again i haven't i haven't gone back and watched this episode so i don't remember exactly what happened in part one versus part two um one story we, we they've got this um God, I, I can't, my mind's gone blank, it, but they have an outer lodge. They have the main lodge on the, on the river. And then they have the outer K um, lodge. And it is so amazing. You're like on your own little private Island and just a, a, a fantastic little spot. I mean, whether you're out there to fish or just to hang out, absolutely amazing. So we had a little bit of weather and there was, um, it's, it's a small place, but so it's, let's say there's a, a big French door opening going out onto this patio. And then you walk about, you know, say 20 feet and there's a wall at the back and then doors on each side going into each bedroom. And I remember one night I'm laying in that bedroom and we have it all opened up, you know, to get the nice tropical breezes going through there. And in the middle of the night, I wake up because my foot is getting wet. And it's like, what is going on? And literally the rain was coming in sideways 
through the front door. It was, I mean, the wind and the rain were so nasty that it was coming in sideways and hitting my foot in the room 20 feet down the hallway. So it was like, are you kidding me? This is how this is how weather affects me while I shoot my show. It it it, it tracks me down no matter where we go. I get the weather. But again, I mean, we this was the first time we went. We went back again because it is such an amazing place. So um I think there's a couple of comments here. People thanking Patrick. Uh, thank you, Patrick, for passion and fishing. Um, also saying all those lures are great. Uh, she also shared the, the stream. Janos is uh, throwing out some uh, memories of Patrick there. So anyway, so like I said, um, this is an absolutely amazing place. Like I said, we went back and did fly fishing. Uh, again, I was hammered by wind on that one. Um, I mean, and we saw the fish and, but being a, a neophyte fisherman, a fly fisherman, it, it, high winds was, was not for me, but my friend Damon, who we were fishing with still managed to get some fish. So, uh, anyway, with no further ado, let's get this episode going. This week on the kayak fishing show, we are in Belize. We're at Belize River Lodge. I got my good buddy Jeff Herman along with me, and we're going to do some kayak fishing where we've never been before, going after fish that I've never caught before. It's going to be a great show. Stick around. I'm going to skip over this entrance beginning of the show. This week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show, Jim Sammons and Jeff Herman hop a flight to Belize to fish with Belize River Lodge. Jeff has had this trip in the works for years, but it wasn't until he met owner Mike Husner that it all came together. Mike and his staff have an amazing week planned for the guys, fishing for permit, bonefish and tarpon in the mangroves. Day one in Belize, it's humid, but it's absolutely gorgeous. The river's all swollen and overflowed, but we're gonna go out to the K uh do some flats fishing so we'll come back and visit the river here in a couple days but hopefully we'll get out to the island on one of those flats and find some bonefish permit some poons about to get it on kayak fishing show belize uh, i've not caught bonefish i've not caught permit so the opportunity to do that is pretty exciting but there's also a good snook fishery here and some really big tarpon so i brought quite the quiver of gear to go after any size or variety of fish. So we've got small stuff, I got small gear. If we've got big fish, I got big gear. And I'm just excited to get out there. We brought on this trip, uh, Jeff arranged the kayaks. We weren't really 100% sure what we were gonna need down here. So he sent uh, two CUDA 12s. And for me, he sent a Kraken. The CUDA 12 is a tried and true platform for kayak fishing. The Elite takes it a step further. It's got a bunch of great features this year. I chose the CUDA 12 Elite for the Belize River Fishing Lodge because there's a lot of flats fishing down here. Bonefish, permit, etc. This is a boat that paddles well, but you can also stand up, sight, sight cast, even fight a fish standing in the CUDA 12. So I figured it would be a great way to get after the flats fish down here in Belize. Well, I got my buddies, KP, Kingpin, King Permit, yeah, and Mike 
guides are going to be with us on this trip, and they're kind of squaring us away with some of the uh, wiggle jig. And I know um, Mike is still uh, still guiding there. Uh, this is the stuff that they use, the stuff that works here. So, you know, we brought a lot of tackle too, but uh, we're going to start off definitely using their stuff. <laughs> I'm going to pause it right there. Uh, if anybody is interested in going to this place, and like I said, it's an awesome, awesome place. These kayaks are still there. Um, they are still there as well as two more that we brought on the next trip I went. We brought a couple of the mayflies, which were uh, pretty much a dedicated fly fishing uh, kayak. So there is no shortage of kayaks. If you want to go down there, they've got the boats for you. Some uh, two jigs. Two jigs for Maracuda. Those things spin. Oh, you know, typical first day, just sorting things out. We got to load everything up because we're making a uh, about a forty-five minute run out to the island, Long K. Yeah, so we're heading out to Long K. Uh, we're gonna have that little little lodge all to ourselves. Stay tuned. When we return, the first day on the water proves that it takes patience and perseverance to dial in a pattern as our Belize River Lodge adventure begins. Just saw a sw fish swim by and I tossed out in front of it and popped a couple times. I know we Welcome spent a lot of time on this one hiding from the wind. Show. This week we're in Belize, fishing from the beautiful and remote Long K Lodge. Jim Sammons and Jeff Herman have the help of local guides to dial in the pattern, and today will be their first attempt at finding the permit, bonefish, and tarpon that they came for. We uh, we, we ran out here to Long K this morning, um, spent a good portion of the day getting all rigged up, and by the time we uh, were ready to go, the wind was blowing along a little bit, um, enough to push our kayaks along at about five miles an hour without even paddling. So if that tells you anything, it means it, it's, it's blowing. Uh, the nice thing is out here, you can find some shelter. We set, found some really cool sheltered areas, um, but it was still a matter of sorting things out. Uh, this is fishing that I've never done. I've never really fished for uh, bonefish, permit, uh, flats with the really light stuff that we're using. So kind of sorting it out but we have some great plans for later on and for tomorrow morning we're going to get started super early tomorrow morning uh there's an area where these guys are telling us that that's where you have to be there early we'll see rolling tarpon and hopefully we'll get our shot at those bigger fish and then explore this uh, amazing place because it, it is so cool uh the uh belize river lodge has their lodge up the river and then this one out here at long k and um man very, very beautiful. I feel like I'm on Gilligan's Island. The challenge we have going today, uh, we decided yesterday I caught a little mangrove snapper, but I mean, it was a baby fish. It doesn't count. Um, the big four here are bonefish, permit, tarpon, and snook. And we decided that until Jim or I catch one of the big four, we're gonna wear the same clothes. So yesterday we sweat, we got grimy, we got dirty, we got salty. And I am now in the same clothes I wore yesterday. To say I am ripe is an understatement. Uh, and I think it's safe to say Jim is in worse shape than I am. But the stink fish challenge is on. Kayak fishing show believes. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you saying I stink worse than you do? 
start and try to hit some of those early rollers on the tarpon uh, on the back side of this island. Thankfully on the back side of this island because uh, the front side of this island is blowing. Doesn't matter how you shake as long as you shake. <laughs> Got a bright and early start. Came out here, tried to get on some early morning tarpon. Um, Look at that water moving across the, the side there. That's all because from the wind. Jeff had one roll. So the antithesis one just rolled out there. Freaking little one. It was very small, but um, so that's only the third fish we've seen all morning. Um, very quiet, so. Had a blow up, uh, didn't get a hook set. I think he was just kind of lipping at it and uh, maybe maybe felt the hook too early. Um, it was exciting for about 10 seconds, but um, otherwise uh, we think we saw one or two jump uh, feeding, but could never get a hook up. So we're gonna go in and grab some breakfast, grab some coffee, and then uh, get after it a second time. Got a couple of new pieces of gear on my kayak for this trip that I have not really used before. One is the paddle keeper, which is right up there on the bow, but it also works as a stakeout pole keeper. The other thing is this uh, parking pole from uh, Yak Attack, which is also a push pole. Um, and it's an extra large one, so it's really long. I just stick it down through my scupper holes. The nice thing is it's three piece, so A, super easy to travel with, but uh, for when we were in the shallower waters yesterday, I was using it just in two pieces. Today we've got in some deeper water, like we are kind of here. And I can just stake myself out and uh, continue to fish in a set area. We were doing that earlier on a, uh, on a river so I could hold my position in the river. So a couple of great pieces of gear from Yak Attack. If you're gonna be fishing the flats, you gotta check them out. I just love to come to places that I've never been and I, I encourage everybody to travel all the time because it is so much fun, so exciting, that anticipation of going to some place you don't know. And to come to a place like this where, you know, we jump in a boat, it, it's, it's such an amazing experience that I think everybody should do their best to try to do is get out there and experience these new places and and learn some new stuff this whole trip for me fishing wise completely new and that was one of the reasons i couldn't wipe that smile off my face it was i was excited with that anticipation of doing something new at a place i'd never been when we return jim and jeff try switching it up to see if live bait will do the trick and we spend a bit of time exploring long k David Devine says, I'd listen to Patrick for the whole show. Yeah, that's why I have him on as a guest a lot. And he will be on the show, you know, initially uh, showing off his lures every Tuesday. 
Um, yeah, I mean, he is, like I said, the guy's got like 900 species of fish or something like that he's caught. So just a wealth of knowledge. Mike Torres, how are you? Joining us from Belize River Lodge, our wonderful guy down there. Man, good to see you on here. I really appreciate it. Say, tell everybody we said hello. Uh, Serge from, yeah, from Snowden, Ottawa to Mike McKenna in Snowden, Texas. Crazy weather, crazy weather. So anyway, thanks everybody for joining us. Let's keep this thing rolling. These are natural commercial breaks in the show. Welcome back to Jackson Kayaks Kayak Fishing Show. This week, Jim Sammons is joined by Jeff Herman for a week in Belize. The guys have been trying to catch bonefish in permit, but an unseasonable rain in the past week has pushed their targets off the flats. Our uh, initial destination while we were here on, on the trip at uh, Belize River Lodge was to head to their remote outpost out at Long Cay. Um, about an hour boat ride um, out to this more remote area and just a beautiful little spot. I mean, you felt like, other than the fact that we had this nice little house, you felt like you were on Gilligan's Island. Um, and just, you could, I could totally picture myself just hanging out there, <laughs> you know, just, I could have sat there all week just looking at the water and just relaxing. I think one of the really endearing things about being out of Long Cay was the staff out there. Uh, we had Carol was our, our chef, our cook, um, just a, a sweetheart out of a lady, tons of personality. I mean, just was great to be around. Uh, her uh, trainee, Angie, was a, a little sweetheart, really nice gal. And they just wanted to make sure everything was going right for us. Our guides for the week were uh, KP and Mike. They hadn't had a bunch of exposure to kayaks. Both of them were super eager to, eager to learn though. So uh, we gave them a little basic instruction what we were looking for to find fish and they used their great experience to figure out a way to put us on an area where we might catch some fish. They were both well-experienced guides, um, really interested and eager, and that's what you want, somebody that's excited about fishing, and both those guys were dialed in and ready to go. My yak attack flag for our, so our boys don't lose me. fish on. I just saw a fish swim by and I tossed out in front of it and popped a couple times. Heck of a set of chompers. Look over those steel, those teeth. <laughs> Our guide KP is up in the uh, the platform there. He's buying some some bonefish. We're trying to see if they're up on the flat. So before we uh, start running the kayaks, we're just trying to launch and see uh, launch the cast and see if the the bonefish are about. I think for a trip like this, it's important that uh, you bring a variety of fishing tackle, uh, fishing gear, rods and reels, because you're going to be going after bonefish, 
you know, small fish where you're going to be fishing a, a little bit lighter setup, uh, lighter cigar fluorocarbon leaders. Uh, so we, I brought cigar fluorocarbon leader from 12 pound to 100 pound on this trip, and every one of those weights in between got used. Uh, you're going to go for that lighter line for the bonefish and for the um, permit. Nineteen states, three intergalactic fisheries, Pinky Lily. Universally loved and adored by fish everywhere. When you start looking for snook, then you want to have 40 at least pound liter or 50 because they have really sharp gill plates and they're just notorious for, for breaking your line and they're also notorious for running up underneath in the mangroves. So you need a little bit heavier rod and reel setup, uh, more backbone and um, a little bit heavier line. When we return, Talk we to meet the fishing icon <clears throat> and owner of Belize River Lodge, Mike Husner, and the guys make their first push for tarpon in the channels. You know when you uh, wake up in the middle of the night and it sounds like it's pouring with rain, but you walk outside and it's not, and the noise is just from the wind, that's what we had. <laughs> Crazy wind. So I was about to say there, uh, we were talking about the line strength for snook. You talk to Patrick when I fish with him, he's like, yeah, you got to use at least 80 pound for snook. Um, and I mean, he'll fish 100, 130 pound Welcome for snook. Welcome back to Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show with Jim Sammons. This week, we're exploring the beautiful coastline of Belize from far-flung Long Cay Lodge. Long Cay is the remote outpost of Belize River Lodge, the premier fishing lodge in the country. Belize River Lodge has been an icon here for decades, with old school charm and decades of rich fishing history. The crew immediately feel like they've come home. Uh, I'm Mike Husner, and we're here at Belize River Lodge alongside the Belize River. Primarily, I've seen it evolve in the, in the last 30 years from play 80% uh, uh, spin fishing, 20% fly fishing. Now it's about 90% fly fishing. I always like to see somebody bring a spinning rod because uh, if the windy conditions or conditions are such that spinning rod is more uh, practical. But, you know, if a guy brings five fly rods and one spinning rod, I know he's very practical and wants to catch some fish. There's something special about going to an older lodge that's been around for just decades. Uh, I used to get the same thing down at Punta Colorada, down in Mexico. I mean, old, old pictures of guys catching fish, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And when we walked into uh, Belize River Lodge yesterday, it was the same thing. Old, faded pictures of guys with big tarpon and bonefish and permit. Um, it just has a nostalgia to it that it makes you just want to sit down and have a rum and coke and just look at the water and feel like you're Hemingway for a day. There's about four or five long keys in Belize. And this one is sometimes referred to as St. George's Key Long Key because it's just north of St. George's Key. Um, there are a lot of nice coconut trees in the, in the front and a sandy area. It's located in the outer perimeter or fishing circle from the lodge. Uh, so when you're there, you don't really have to make any long runs to go fishing. From here, sometimes you go up in four to five minutes uh, to, to get to a fishing spot. 
we can fish him here five or ten minutes from the lodge at times when the river is right. Um, but Lonky is a nice spot because it's got uh, flats and channels and creeks and everything in the area. So the four primary species are always there, plus barracudas, snappers, ladyfish, and every, everything else uh, uh, related to the reef and the reef area. Um, the one piece of equipment, and I travel with so much tackle, it's ridiculous. The one thing I didn't bring was hooks because I was kind of told that we were basically going to be fishing artificials this whole trip, that there was no live bait fishery really here. So I didn't even bring it. And my plan was to bring a pack of hooks just in case anyway, and I forgot. So we had no live bait hooks. So with that, we started raiding my Sabeel soft swimmers. So it basically is a giant worm hook to use on our live bait. Funny enough, they work really well. And there's nothing like the sound of man that, that clicker going off for the first time. When you've been struggling to catch fish for a few days and hearing that clicker start screaming off your reel that first time, uh, man, how exciting. Oh, brother. Got a little tarp in here, not too big. Right off the bat. He's still very green. I need him jumping in my lap, so just keeping a nice steady pressure on him and kind of let him do his thing for a second, maybe get away from me a little bit. Because <laughs> I got him right near me. I was kind of babying it. I had him right near me. I mean, I had him within feet of my boat within a couple of minutes of the, of the fight, and I just didn't want him jumping right on me. So I backed things off a little bit, and I don't know if I just lost enough pressure on it or what. And I felt like I had good pressure, but that's typical tarpon hook throwers. Whew. We got some tarpon today, and you know why? Calling the buff lock. I changed buffs to the tarpon scale buff. And then we got tarpon. Evening has come and time to get the kayaks off the water as the wind picks up. Confidence is high as we leave the crew as they finally figured out what the tarpon are eating. Maybe tomorrow the tarpon will chew, but that story is for another day. So, yeah, I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I ended up catching quite a few uh, tarpon on that, on, on uh, bait, as well as on one of Patrick's um, other lures from when it was Sabeel lures, his uh, splasher, and um, <clears throat> just turned into a really fun afternoon. I guess, I think anyway, those other fish are on the other episode. Uh, like I said, we have part two airing next Tuesday. Um, Blenda Binda is, I'm in New Hampshire and it's raining. Um, again, you know, we're thinking about all our friends uh, who are in the areas where it is cold down in Texas, particularly. Uh, black flag fishing philosophical question here. If one tips a jig with bait such as squid, is he, or is he she still jig fishing? 
I would say you're you're dead bait fishing at that point. Um, generally speaking, if you add bait to a lure, it really affects the uh, the swimming action. Most of the time, people hang a piece of squid off an iron and then just soak it on the bottom. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you're fishing and you're you know if it's working for you, that's what's important. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not a purist in any fashion. Whether it's, you know. I know guys who are just so hardcore fly fishing, they'll only fly fish on a trip. You know, I want to fish with what's going to work because uh, for me, it's pulling on the fish that I enjoy. It's hooking that fish that I enjoy. Um, it doesn't really matter how I go about doing it, um, you know, as long as you're doing it ethically. Um, I, I, I like it. I mean, now, love, like I said, I know I got one on a, a splasher. Um so, I mean, getting a tarpon like that on a topwater, I mean, there's nothing better. But, uh, you know, if you, if you need to add a little bit of uh, flavor to your lure to, to make it get bit on you know, those tough bites, do what you got to do, man. Catch some fish. That's the fun part. That's the fun part is, is pulling on fish. And don't I always say is like, don't let anybody tell you how to have fun. You know, people will say, oh, it's not pure kayak fishing if you have a motor on it. It's like... It doesn't matter if you're having fun, <laughs> you know, just have fun because kayak fishing is fun. Fishing is fun. I don't care if I'm fishing off my boat. I don't care if I'm fishing off my kayak. I, you know, I'm fishing, walking down the bank. I, I, fishing's fun. And that's why we do it. Um, so thanks again to Patrick. He had to uh, jump out a little bit early. So, uh, but he will be back next Tuesday. Again, this Thursday, we will be back Um with uh, unless like i said i've got construction going on in my house and it's kind of been screwing me up every thursday but um should be doing another show here this thursday and i believe it's part two part one aired quite some time ago of uh, our trip down to panama with a couple of friends of mine craig and kelly i also have another giveaway coming up and this is from my good friend ricky zuniga uh with roach coach so for I'll probably keep this to, uh, giving it away to somebody down here in Southern California because this is uh, a bait system for guys who do hoop netting for lobster. So, um, but I'm going to have some of these to give away on Thursday. Thanks to my good friend, Ricky Zuniga at Rochco. So please join us this Thursday for that episode. Um, Mike says the big tarpon are here, are here. Wait. Or they're waiting for me, I'm assuming. I'd love to go back and uh, get on the big tarpon. I said, we finally have actually been able to schedule a shoot. I'll be in Louisiana um, next month. And then I'm actually going to go fishing with Patrick uh, the month after that. And uh, the rest is, you know, uh, we, like I said, we've had issues with travel uh, with my camera guys because they're Canadians and all this stuff. So anyway, but we are getting back at it. We are getting back to fishing. We are getting back to shooting, which is exciting. And again, Mike uh, down at Belize River Lodge, thank you so much for joining us here. And, you know, again, tell everybody down there, we said hello because we absolutely love Belize River Lodge. Um, I highly, highly recommend uh, this place um, just for the people, the, the ambiance, everything about it is just super, super cool. So I do encourage you guys to, um, again, comment, share, whether you're watching this live or not, uh, because you will then have your chance to win those five lures from Patrick Sabeel, and we will draw the winner of that before the next show um, next Tuesday. 
So again, um, comment, share, thumbs up, all that stuff is all good, you know, and we really appreciate it. And again, I always appreciate everybody who joins us. Uh, David Vine says, cheers, cheers to you, man. Um, so with that said, we definitely ran long today, Pat. Once you get Patrick talking, it's hard to stop him. I have a hard time jumping in and going, hey, we're running out of time. Uh, we usually run these shows for an hour, but obviously when, when Patrick gets to talking, I just like to sit back and listen because he is so passionate about it and I enjoy it. And I, I hope you guys enjoy it as well. So anyway, if you are going out fishing and I, you know, we've got a small craft advisory going on right now here locally. So I hope you're not going out on the kayak, uh, at least not on the open water. But uh, if you are going out fishing, please remember always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. We'll see you on Thursday. Oh, I'm going to fix it.